Welcome to the Living Clean Podcast. I'm your co-host Mason S. With me as always is Travis K. This podcast is not meant to replace meeting, sponsorship, step work, or service. This is meant to be just another tool in your recovery toolbox. Our guests are here to share their experience, strength, and hope with recovery through Narcotics Anonymous. Thank you for joining us. All right, welcome back to the Living Clean Podcast. This will be episode number five in our 12-episode series, breaking down each of the steps. My name is Mason. I'm an addict. With me tonight, uh, our fill-in, Mr. Chase P. He's back for his third time on the show. Welcome back, Chase. Evening, podcast land. (laughs) So... Uh, before we get started, I want to give you an update. Um, as most of you know, our co-host, uh, after we recorded the last episode was involved in an accident at work. Um, he's very lucky to be alive. He had a heavy piece of equipment fall over on him and he pretty much, uh, destroyed his lower back broken in three different places. Um, he spent a lot of time at the Knoxville hospital, about six days. They totally, uh, rebuilt his back. He finally got to come home yesterday. The good news is, is based on the expectations I know that I had, you know, after knowing how bad he was actually hurt to see the progress that he's making, he's actually up and moving. And, um, you know, we just, right before we got on here, we had a meeting at his house and um you know he is up he's moving with a walker and he's getting a little bit better every day and you know we anticipate we were talking about it well he almost decided to get on here today but he's going to give it one more week and recover a little bit and um we're grateful that chase came on here and took his place and but all that being said tonight our guest is Mr. DMD. How are you, brother? Hey, guys. I'm doing great, man. It's an honor to be on here. Thank you all for inviting me. D, won't you tell us your clean date and uh, give your home group a shout out? Sure thing. Uh, my clean date is 72821, and my home group is Recovery First here in Cookville, Tennessee. Cookville, man. How's the recovery scene up in Cookville, Tennessee? Oh, I love it, man. There's uh, a lot of, I, when I moved, started coming up here to visit originally and uh, was going to the rooms and checking out everything. And, uh, man, I found it here. There's uh, a lot of people, there's some people with some good clean time. Besides that, it's people uh, working programs in their lives. And uh, it's really, it's really been a blessing in my life to get up here and become part of it. And uh, I absolutely love it. I love the recovery scene up here. It's good to know that recovery is alive and well, not only in in our neck of the woods, but up there where you're at. And from what I know, pretty much all over the state of Tennessee, man, it's it's rocking and rolling. And, you know, I heard a guy sharing earlier today in a meeting and he was talking about he can remember going and doing asphalt recovery and everywhere he went, there was five to seven people in every meeting. And he says, now when I go, every room is full, you know, so that's – uh that's promising you know it's promising to hear and glad it's going good thank you yeah so before we get into our topic today which is step five 
uh, let's let our listeners get to know you a little bit, man. And uh, let's talk about, you know, your journey to finding recovery and finding Narcotics Anonymous. All right. Well, I'll try to keep it as short as possible because, uh, you know, I'm 51. I'll be 52 coming up July 26th this month. And uh, if I make it to the 28th, that'll be two years clean. And um, I, that's the longest in my life I've ever, uh, since I was a child, um, that I've ever had clean. It's, uh, and I found it only through NA. I found, I looked for a lot of different ways. I was in active addiction for 30 plus years. I, Started off at a very young age drinking. I had a wonderful family. I grew up in Greenville, Tennessee. I had a lot of support um, my whole life in various different ways. But uh, at a young age, you know, I felt I I wanted to be different. Uh, And I felt I was different in a negative way, but I wanted to be different in a good way. Everything, uh, you know, I always want to be somewhere else, somebody else, and something else. And, um, you know, started at a very early age seeing uh, people. There's alcohol around my house. My dad entertained a lot, but and uh, he was a collector of a lot of different things. And a lot of those things I destroyed and drank and did everything else to. But, uh, you know, when the first time I put something in my body, I hated it, but I loved it. And uh, it was one of those things where, you know, I was immediately <laughs> – like uh, there were consequences pretty quickly and uh, I was still playing the next time. No matter if I was like crying and all that, there's still part of me that was going, okay, what am I going to do differently next time? It was that looking to successfully use thing, I guess, you know, that I pursued forever. And, uh, you know, it progressed in my life in early age, um, throughout high school, there were consequences, different things, but I get grip on it for a while, minimize my usage, try to manage it get some success in my life, a couple of things, which most of the time I was just doing that so people would look the other way so I could get back to doing what I wanted to do um, and live that double life. And then uh, as it progressed, I lost things over and over again or would throw them away, burn it down before uh, it got too bad because, you know, I'd come, I think I looked at it probably around 20, I'd come to realize I was an addict, but, you know, I thought only I knew and I thought I was going to die one. You know, I could look back at early ages thinking, okay, I'm not going to make it to this age. I'm not going to make it to 18. I'm not going to make it to 21. And that continued on and on. Um, and it got worse and worse to the point of, you know, dropping out of colleges, getting kicked out of places, getting kicked out of uh, jobs. I'd get a good job, hold it for a while, get caught with stuff, get thrown out of uh, every place, and then just uh, manipulate it to get back. But uh, it progressed to the point where I'd lost marriages, children everything in my life and uh ended up doing jail time then i did prison time and every consequence i had had to do with my using you know my addiction and uh it was always about that and i found ways to get high no matter where i was or when it was and uh the last 10 years of my addiction i was basically homeless in and out surfing on you know couch surfing uh depending on the uh on other people or manipulating other people or trying to use other people uh, just to get someplace so I could do what I wanted to do. And then it got to the point where I didn't want to be around anybody or anything. I had so much shame, guilt, and uh, all I had was my habit. And uh, about five, you know, I OD'd a couple of times where I ended up in comas. Uh, once was intentional. Um, 
And, you know, I'd gotten to the, my end of the road was the end of the road where it was just, uh, I'd done jails and prisons and been in psych wards, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to die. But then, uh, I thought I'd found, uh, someone one day offered me a chance to go through a program and I took it. I was actually going to do some pretty horrible stuff walking down the road and someone offered, and I went through a faith-based program and I had a little bit of clean time while I was in there. Well, actually like six months, but when I got out, I, I was still there and, uh, it didn't take me long to get back to getting high. And then I went through my first rehab and completed it. I'd been sent to rehab by the state and many other people, but uh, I got high in rehab in my 20s uh, in Knoxville. Um, so I didn't really, com I completed that one, but I was high half the time I was in there. And uh, I remember I was in there about a week and they said, oh, uh, could you stand up? And I thought, I'm in trouble, I'm busted. And, they, and I stood up and they said, we just want to show you what someone working the program looks like. And I was like, oh my God, I felt so horrible. You know, and uh, so anyway, it just got worse and worse and worse. And uh, that point when I wanted something different, I had no idea how to get it. And I was completely burned out. I had a hard time sitting in a chair or uh, I didn't want to be anywhere I was at. And uh, I was paranoid all the time. And, you know, I'd gone through the gambit of drugs uh, and did everything uh, for the last 10 years, anything and everything that has ever put before me. And so, uh, and IV use and everything else. And um, so, you know, at the time when uh, I didn't even have, know how to have a conversation, let alone know how to do anything. And I was always rebelling against anything anybody offered me. I didn't trust anybody or anything, especially not myself. And so I went through a program, completed a 28-day program, went to a sober living house. And there was a great guy that was up in Maryville. Shout out to New Opportunities. Anyway, uh, that place, the guy... Uh, Matt A, who ran it, was uh, really talking to me one day and, and loving on me. And I just got in there after a few days and I didn't know what to do, but he had kept talking about NA. So I started going to the meetings, you know, part of living there. But uh, that I thought, I've got this because I went to meetings and I read the book. But I uh, found out after uh, a little bit of time there and I, when I left there, didn't take long for to go back to the same thing. Fortunately, that was a short stay, but I turned myself into jail to do a violation from a, a few years before. And uh, that turned from five days into seven months. So I was in there, I went back to using three days. Someone came through and asked to go to rehab. I raised my hand. I went and uh, I was blessed. I went to a rehab down there. Uh, and uh, man, as amazing things happen because, uh, started taking suggestions. I found some people and saw some things in people that I wanted for the first time. And I, God knows how long, and it was joy and happiness and, uh, them to be able to sit down and actually loving on people. And, uh, so I had some people in my life that made some suggestions to me and I did something different. I took them and I haven't stopped doing that yet. You know, uh, I take suggestions. I do, uh, work this program ever since the first day it was, uh, suggested to me and uh it's grown in my life and uh, i love it i absolutely love it and i know and the things that used to like just get on my nerves man i hear these sayings and all the at uh meetings and i'll be like yeah yeah whatever but i found them to be truths you know maximum simple truths and and uh because of, i've experienced them 
and I know they're truths in my life. But anyway, uh, and so today, um, uh, you know, I have a great life, man. I completed steps. I worked the steps in my life. I still work out. I sponsor people. I do service work, which was suggested to me. And man, love it. Uh, and I'm involved in H&I. And uh, all those things are blessings in my life. And uh, anyway, that's about all I got on that topic. Yeah, I'm glad that you're going to keep the trend going. Uh, every guest that we've had on here so far has been involved in, in H&I, so that's pretty cool. Um, so let's talk about, because, you know, we obviously know you and, you know, had the opportunity to meet you down here while you were um, early in recovery. Uh, talk about, you know, the transition and, and actually taking – for the first time in your life, taking what you had learned at a facility and then implementing it elsewhere. How, how has that been? Man, that has been amazing. Um, and it, it works in my life outside of recovery as well. But, uh, in the rooms, like I know when I stayed at the rehab early on, you know, I didn't know how to listen. I, w I worked on it a lot. Uh, it took me a long time to start actually hearing what people were saying Sometimes I could just look at them, and uh, that was one of the things that uh, it took some time. But I, I, a lot of that, from going to groups and, and uh, the consistency of being in that program taught me something about consistency in my life, too. That if I don't put these steps, these things that uh, my prayer in the morning, you know, a lot of the rooms, they'll talk about the five things. But I have a list a little bit longer than that because these are things that I would hear. Man, I had so many tools given to me down there uh, at the rehab. And then a uh, hey, shout out to newcomers, man. I, I owe a, you know, talk about a debt of gratitude for life. Um, in those rooms, all you guys, man, Chase, Mason, um, Travis. I used to think I couldn't talk to Travis because you know, oh, that's <laughs> Travis. Yeah, uh, but it was sort of, <laughs> and then uh, we had to talk about that one of the times uh, I got to talk to you, and uh, all those conversations taught me how to be me. You know, it was a, a process of y'all loved on me. You know that I know that's a saying you hear everywhere, but people loving on you when you can't love yourself is so essential in this program, I believe, because uh, and I've carried that on to the rooms, and I've seen you know different people have different ways to sponsor people, and, and in my opinion. Uh, my higher power will put the right person in my life at the right time. And he always does. And I believe that that's how I got my sponsor. That's how I, I see it happening on conservation, but different people have different styles, but uh, I've kept the one that you guys taught me, which was to love on people, you know, and uh, stay humble. That was a big one, man. And uh, man, it's been a great process and I get to be part of a lot of different people's lives up here because of that you know and i've uh you know learned about so much at going to conventions which was suggested to me none of these things were my idea that's for sure <laughs> and uh, all the things that were suggested to me that i did changed my life you know and it changed the way i i thought the way i felt um and uh, it gave me a, a deeper understanding of who i am and uh, how i could be an asset in other people's lives yeah, I got one for you. So sure. I know you, you know, you got clean around here and you stayed a little while and then you 
moved to another location. And, you know, I've sponsored a lot of guys who have gone through that. And I know a lot of guys who have gone through that. And a lot of them seem to struggle at first. And I've got to see you thrive, like moving into another city and integrating yourself into like a whole new recovery scene. What was your process of doing that? And how did you find your way in that? Was it uncomfortable or, you know, what was that experience like? Well, that's, it's a good question because I, yeah, I, you know, I tried it uh, before in the last few years when I was at these other places and when I left, but I always did it half-assed, you know, and I would always decide to do certain things my way. Well, when I came here um, before I ever came, you know, I, I did the things that are just a foundation, man, foundation. If there's not a foundation, the, the house will fall. And uh, so I worked on my foundation for a while before I decided, and I prayed on a lot, you know, and um, when the time was right, I felt it was right, and I believed it was right. And then when I came here, I didn't stop doing, you know, what I need to do today. It's been one day at a time, man. And by doing it one day at a time, I never became overwhelmed. I couldn't lose, you know, Hey, and I've had some rough days, you know, but uh, I kept working on my network, too. That was something you guys taught me. And uh, thank God we got to go around. I got to go with uh, different people on uh, asphalt recovery. I can't say enough about asphalt recovery either. Asphalt recovery, getting out and hitting different places. It, if you do that, at least for me, when I, when I got to do it, it made me more open-minded, you know, and uh, and there's something good in every room, man. And I get to get that when I go. I, I don't get to get that sitting at home. But, uh, all the things that I do, like I said, were suggested or taught to me. It's just what I did was uh, different was I kept wanting more, you know, and because uh, it kept getting, as somebody we all know says, gooder and gooder. And uh, I couldn't help, but uh, that's my homage. That's the only one I'm going to give to him. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, it was just one of <laughs> you. Know, that's yeah. my sponsor I'm talking about. Anyway, love you, Chris. But uh <laughs> you know, all these things that y'all taught me and the things that are working for me down there, I put those first when I moved above my relationship, above my job. I, I made sure all the things that I was wanting uh, worked first in my program, you know, and that was the only thing, I, the only way I could do it. You know, for me, you opened the door for me too, or, or you were kind of a piece to the puzzle to one of those questions that, you know, where I asked myself, why am I involved in certain things? Um, to be more specific, you know, when this area was getting rebuilt down here, you know, I got involved in the H&I and, you know, was the H&I chair and, and putting that subcommittee together and involved in certain other things like that. And I always kept asking myself, why does he always got to be me? But what was cool about that is one day I get a phone call for you from you and you're like, Hey man, we're trying to get H and I started up here. And you know, you, you were able, or you were the reason why I was involved in all that is because I believe that I was involved in that so that when you answered the, when you called, I was able to tell you exactly what we did 
you know, and you took that information and then y'all made it your own. It wasn't exactly the way we did it, but it was, you know, you took what you needed and, and y'all got H and I going up there, which is pretty neat, you know, and which is the way all this is supposed to work. So, you know, I thank you for that, for being a piece of the puzzle for me, man. Uh, mm. that was, uh, that was pretty cool. Thank you, Mason, because, uh, you know, the H and I that I got to be part of down there, I remember going and sometimes just being along for the ride to get to see people speak. And I would sit there and be like, just overwhelmed and see how wonderful it was and love it. But I liked being the passenger. You know, I, I was like, this is cool. This is fun. <laughs> but you know, that's, I'm not going to do that. And, uh, all the things that I would say, I, my disease would tell me in my head about what I'm not going to do. Well, those always get canceled out when somebody suggests something to me, or if I ask a question and you, you all know, I like to ask questions sometimes. So, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've been really honored to be part of, uh, some things going on up here, which like I said, this group's been around for a while recovery first. There's some people in it that, uh, I really look up to, um, I've gotten so much and they don't, a lot of them don't know. I, I've got a couple of them that I still have problems. You know, I put them on a pedestal and I know that's wrong to do, but uh, I've been working on that, uh, reaching out to them here and there. One of them I've talked to more and more, but uh, I still have one of those, one of those uh, issues with putting uh, some of these guys who have a lot of clean time. Cause some of the things they say, of course, will be exactly what I need to hear at that time. And so, uh, you know, there hasn't been anything that, uh, you know, I've gotten a few people here and there when I make a suggestion or bring up something. And uh, you'll usually be like, well, just go and do it. And I'm like, I want somebody else to do it. But uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so I just got used to going, all right. And then, uh, you know, now, like you said, we got H&I start up here. And every Monday night I go and do H&I. This last Monday I did. And also, I've got guys who uh, I've got a couple of really essential people in the the rooms who just stepped up, you know, which I didn't think, because that's my thinking. That anybody wanted to do anything or this and that, and they're there every week, you know. And if I, I was like, well, I had some plans to go visit with some family, you know, on the third, we got it, you know. And uh, I'll schedule things where I'm off this week, you go the next. I don't want to be, uh, you know, I'd rather go to H and I man. Cause what uh, I've been in on the other side of that and seeds were planted each time and I didn't even know it. And there was different things and different experiences that I looked at later on to remember in prison, uh, in jail, uh, rehabs, you know, and, uh, where different people reached out to me and, and talked about programs and, I just wasn't ready, you know, cause I was still in myself so much that my addiction had me right where it wanted me. And I was, but seeds were being planted and I see that today. Yeah. And you never know, you, you will have no idea how many lives were affected because you were willing to cross the threshold. It just takes one person, man. And then usually the floodgates open, you know, we, everybody sits back waiting on somebody to make a move. And then, you know, so kudos to you for finally making the move. And, and that's allowed those other people, not only the people that are going in with you, but the people that you're taking the meeting to man, um, really getting a lot out of that. And, you know, hell, if we only help one, we we've done our job. So 
Um, Let me say something yeah, go about for it. that real quick. Something you said to me one time, and uh, it was about, you know, if you took a – if you took a fraction of the energy you put into chasing dope into your recovery, that was early on. You're like, you know, I'm highly successful. I think you're like a tenth because I was sitting there talking about what well, all I did was think about it and work about it and dream about it and all my energy. So I figured two hours, you know, well, then I started, that was really too much for me. I figured, but uh, it turned into, I do that a lot more daily, but um, it worked up from there to my perception of that was like, what was I willing to do? If you had something I wanted, I was coming to your house. I was coming through and for everything. And so what, and like someone had said something about, if I went to a room, I'm like, I, I don't really like these people, this and that. It's like, who could chase me off from the dope house? Anybody out there in the world who knew me out there? No one could. The police had a hard time with that. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is when I started looking at things differently, like who's going to stop me from getting my recovery? There ain't nobody. And is there anybody who's going to stop me from being able to go and carry the message? No. It's very simple. I just had to flip that whole attitude and use it as an asset instead of uh, the major character defects that were about that long. But anyway, that's all I got. Could you imagine uh, going to the dope house and deciding to turn around because – I don't think they like me there. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> never. Cause they didn't. <laughs> I don't feel like Absolutely. I fit in over there with these people. So I'm not going to go. I'm not going to score today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That no, no. All right. Man. So, so let's, uh, let's transition on into the topic today. Uh, Chase, if you would, would you read step five for us? Yeah. Step five. We admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. All right. So, step five. D, what do you got for us, man? Okay. Well, you know, one of the first things I want to say is uh, one of the lines from the literature I love that says it all is fifth step, the fifth step is the key to freedom. You know, I mean, boom. That said it all to me early on because I'd heard how free do you want to be while I was working the fourth step, you know, because I was, oh, I don't want to do this or I want to do that. Or I get to a point where, okay, I've got enough for it. And I'd be like, well, I only covered this much. And then I'd sit there and uh, I was getting such good guidance while I was working my fourth step. I put a lot of work into it. But then uh, I started looking at the fifth step and going, you mean I've got to go and talk to somebody about it? The thing was, it was – uh, you know, I had to go and talk to God, someone, myself, and someone else. And so uh, I didn't like that idea at all either because I think the whole point of that was, at that point I was comfortable talking to God about it. And, you know, I, I figured he knew, but I knew that there was a point in me talking to him. And also I'd given up on not acting on things that I doubted because I doubted everything. And then I, I was getting that experience that this stuff's working in my life in a way and I'd, uh, you know, gotten really into that four step and put a lot of work into it. And I thought, you know, once again, what do I have to lose? So I'm going to do this thing. But uh, I like that idea of freedom, man. And I had had you know, some changes. But to be honest with you, man, I still just felt weighted down and uh, dark, you know, and so much shame and guilt and all that stuff. Yeah, I looked at it. Yeah, I looked at it. That was painful. Yay. This was a lot of fun, I thought, you know. But uh 
I did see uh, my perspective even then was changing. But then I remember going to meet uh, my sponsor over at Newcomers. And we went in there. And, you know, I know, honestly, it wasn't until I worked the fifth step that I really trusted him. Um, I had gotten to the point where I thought, really, at the beginning, <laughs> when we were praying, I thought, well, screw this dude. If he doesn't like what I had to say, I'm just going to say it anyway. And it was like a sense of, well, what do you, you know, why? Why fear that? You know, why, why am I angry? Because that was the only emotion I really knew how to deal with internally. And it all was based in fear, of course. But, uh, you know, that integrity that I'd heard so much about was uh, one of those things that here it came. Okay, I'm going to do the next right thing. And that was what it was to me in the program was the integrity was I've gotten to this point. Uh, you know, I've done this work. Now let's go ahead and sit down. So I start. You know, we prayed first, and like I said, and uh, I really just, there's something going on when uh, the way he talked to me. He talked about God speaking through somebody. Uh, at that moment, it was just like, that's what I heard. His voice was, trust, I could trust his voice. You know, the guy sitting there. I, I remember, because I went on, I had a pretty long course, so like I said, I had a lot of time to mess a lot of things up and hurt a lot of people, and go on and uh there's something i really didn't want to tell him and when i started talking about it, he goes you know i just laid it out there and then he he had something <laughs> like it all says so so many things where he had something so similar i mean it was like man you couldn't come up with this stuff you know you could, i couldn't have created written something so uh, particular to that situation and it, at first it, i thought is he minimizing my crap you know, and it wasn't that, you know what I mean, though? It did minimize it, but in the right way. It was my pride was not, you know, was actually uh, I was humbled. I was humbled. In that, and uh, that terminal uniqueness that I loved to hold on to for so long was sort of shed a little bit. And, uh, man, we kept talking. He'd share a little. I'd share a little bit. Uh, it's almost like it broke me out of mimicry which is I'd done that for so long where I'd mimicked other people or I acted like them and worn masks for so long. All of a sudden I'm talking to this guy for the first time and I don't know how long about things that hurt me and uh, things that I never thought I'd talk to anybody about and I unloaded. And, you know, the word I always hear in speakers and this and that, which I felt at that moment, because trust me, I've had a lot of, uh, living without freedom was freedom. I had a freedom of a lot of shame and guilt. Um, you know, I always like looking at the spiritual principles behind everything. And man, you talk about, I felt like I, I was taking courage, but a lot of times it wasn't courage to do that for me. Cause I had already done some things that, uh, which it was courageous, you know, but the willingness man to sit there and do that. And that self honesty, that was major for me too. But these things um, that I learned within it were about, you know, uh, let's see. It's to, that there is a phrase I heard about integrity is to live honestly. 
And I think that's what happened in that moment was that I was living honestly for the first time in a long, long time. I was owning the stuff that I'd done, but also I had someone give me a, a different perspective because my ideas and my views on everything from my life were so off, you know, and um, it was it was an amazing experience. I could, I could sit there and say, uh, you know, I just – after that, after walking out of that room, I did feel uh, immediate change for me. It happened during that room, though, and it was a. As far as I couldn't, I could say is physically, I felt wore out walking out of there. I felt like I'd been, you know, like fighting because I had been, <laughs> and uh, then I felt like I relieved. And I, and this is just from my personal experience. I slept so good that night. That was the first night I can remember sleeping well in decades. So that's just my own personal experience. So was I sold on the experience? Yeah. If you get a good night's sleep after not being able to sleep for about 30 years, you know, from guilt and shame and all that. And uh, it was an amazing experience. It's one of those things that I have a sponsee who's supposed to be working that with me this coming weekend. And I've been so excited about it. You know, I'm like, I'm probably, I'm just like pumped up, you know, but uh, I think he doesn't understand that it's because I'm so excited for him to get that freedom, man, to get to, to get a little relief because I can see the pain on him on a constant basis, you know. But anyway, that's, uh, that's a little bit about what I've got on it. Do you find that it's interesting that the first two people that were asked to admit this to already know what happened, which is God and which is ourself. And, um, I think it's interesting that if we can't find a way to be honest with people who already know, it's like lying to somebody that you are, that you, that you know, already knows the truth, but you, you got to stick with the lie because that's, that's what we do. But, finally cutting through that bullshit and allowing, you know, allowing ourselves to be honest with the people that already know sets us up to, you know, share that with somebody that, that, you know, that we're trusting for that first time with, with all that information. But if we can't get through those first two and be honest, then there's, there's no way that we're going to be able to be honest with another person. So I think it's interesting the way that they designed this step. I absolutely do too. It's it's an action, you know. It's an action program. It's an action step. That confession, um, but talking about, you know, I'd read something that which I'm not going to get into all the psychology and all that, but the brain chemistry it t- said something along the lines of speaking out loud, oral speech, uh, confirmation of things uh, assigned to like I believe his right brain function. But anyway, it had something to do with um, behaviors, and it was a uh, it was like an article that had three or four different things to do with psychology and biology and spirituality. And I think it's like, it's amazing the artwork of the program of that step, because it's so many different things are going on in, in you and outside of you. But yeah, I agree completely with uh, how that action itself, the first two people. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, God knew. And it, it was weird hearing myself say it out loud though. Because mm-hmm. I recognized something. That voice that I was speaking with was mine. And the one I was hearing in my head about it was not. That was my disease. Yeah. 
because it, it had totally it was selling me on a totally different idea than the one that was coming out of my mouth about the things I'd done, you know, all all the different uh, my past and my life. You know, but it also opens that door to experience the emotions from all those things, maybe for the first time, you know, yeah. which is part of the process of taking personal responsibility, you know, yeah. so, um, which like you said, the key to getting past those emotions, those feelings is sharing it with somebody else. And then you were able to sleep comfortably at night. Yeah. Yes. It's a cathartic process. I like the way you talked about the voice coming out of you was not the voice you were hearing in you, you know, because what I look at the fist step as it was, I unlocked the keys to the why, like my lifelong question of why I did the way, you know, the things I did or thought the way that I thought. And then when I was speaking that out loud to somebody, even when I wrote it down in four, you know, and I had plenty of time to think about it before actually speaking it that day like i had this story in my head as to why i couldn't still couldn't connect the dots the pieces weren't there but when i spoke it out loud and i got feedback from another person the why came there the pattern showed themselves and you know it all fell into place for me and so i like the way you said that when we speak it out loud you know it's a completely different voice and when i get it rattled around in my head it tells me all kinds of stuff like i got a whole different problems going on you know absolutely yeah that's uh it's interesting you said because that made me think back to language how that is one of the things i learned from you guys about doing definitions and looking at the different words we use and all that and that's the thing for a long time my language was so distorted through my disease i did not know anything about how i felt or what they were because everything had been switched around and moved around you know it's like that shell game that's what the disease was doing with me with everybody and everything about my feelings and so uh like I said, my sponsor was incredibly patient with me sometimes as I would process through talking about it. And it would, the flow was different from anything I'd experienced for so long because it was, it was going somewhere <laughs> and he was taught, he was giving me some feedback and I received it. You know, there's a couple things he said that I was like, and I believe that it had to do with positive things. And I was like, Oh, no, I don't want to hear that, you know. And uh, but I received them, and uh, that was a, that was an amazing change for me too. Being able to take in positive feedback, and you know, I think it's because I had that seed of hope too. So when I was hearing those things, I'd come to believe that uh, something different was possible. So did you get to, or well, for most of us? Were there a couple of things that you were really concerned about sharing? Um, is that part of your story? Did and if so, how did you get through that that process? Okay, for me personally, I think uh, the fourth step was harder on those than it was for the fifth step because actually sitting down and writing honestly about some of the things that I just pushed away in my and you know I'd always stay in. Uh, under the influence of something. So, so it would change the way I felt about it or saw it. But then when I was clean and actually was looking at it, I could own my things. But I also, once I shared it in my fifth step, uh, it was a different experience entirely because the, th the things that I was going through my fourth step looking at it is because they were still distorted. 
But if I hadn't looked at it all and hadn't examined those things and shared them, I would not be where I am today. I would not be sitting here today. I, I, I believe, you know, when they say secrets keep you sick, and that's uh, a lot of um, my constant, you know, that shame and guilt and my perception of how bad I thought I was was uh, was just constantly being, I would constantly let it be fed and help it be fed. And so uh, it, there was a lot of change going on there once I let it out and got to see a different perspective on it from somebody who I'd all of a sudden become to, tr- you know, came to trust. And it, it took a little bit of time, a few months, but that experience was uh, amazing for me and trust. Yeah. And I feel like if we can't get to the exact nature of those wrongs that we committed, I, I, I believe we're, we're doomed to repeat them again, you know, and, um, it's tough and as hard as it is to be honest and, and, and really look at our part in things. It's also the key to not repeating those things, you know? So, um, I agree before we get off here, I want to, I want to bring both of you in on this and, um, you and chase both and, and ask you from, you know, the sponsee side of thing or from the sponsor side of thing, talking to your sponsees, what's some of the things that you say to them to kind of, to kind of, um, you know, build them up and, and give them, you know, I, not necessarily, it's not your responsibility to give them courage, but to make them feel better about sitting down with you and, and going over all this stuff that they'd put on their four step. Chase, you want to feel this first? Uh, yeah. So I just make them comfortable by telling them I used to pay a midget stripper to pee on me, and it normally breaks the <laughs> ice. Um, then I let them know after that, that I'm just joking. But uh, no, really, I do say something. I try to keep the mood light, you know. And um, I have normally started building a relationship with these guys, but you kind of hit on it that that's kind of really when that solidifies it, you know. And what I have to keep in mind on my end is I have to be loving and caring the way somebody was loving and caring for me and free from judgment. I try to make them feel comfortable, you know, and I point out the little things I, I take handwritten notes. Cause I mean, you can go through a lot through the process of that hours and hours. And basically I just build up the patterns and I'll share a little bit about myself, you know, and more times than not, we come from so many different places and we've lived so many different things, but at the core of it, man, their why is the same as my why, you know, and I get to give them that relatability. I've yet to sit down in a fifth step with somebody and all of our stuff is not completely intertwined, you know, and I just let them know that, that they're not alone. And like you said, I give them those positives about themselves because I've built a relationship with these guys. And if they continue to come back and they put the work work in to be to a fifth step, then they're pretty damn good people. They're solid, they're strong. And they're worthy of what they're doing. And that's kind of what I try to lay out for them, you know, because we don't see that in ourselves or I didn't. And so I try to be that one to willingly share that with somebody about themselves. And that can be uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It's, you know, I'm not perfect to getting vulnerable with people, too. And so I, I have to truly step outside of myself and I have to be really spiritually fit going into that situation. So it takes personal responsibility for me to be in that position before I walk into it. But ultimately, it just goes back to giving away what was given to me. I want to know more about the midget, but uh, I'll get back to this right now. <laughs> um, honesty. 
uh, honesty is probably the best thing I've found for any of that as far as with any of my sponsors is, you know, sharing my experience, strength, and hope on anything. And um, they, I think over time they see that I'm, if I'm consistently honest with them, you know, and not BS something, not blow it up. But if I believe it, I'm going to tell them I believe it. I believe this is how I feel about my experience in that situation. Maybe yours will be different. But what I have seen on a constant basis were the people who put in the work and put in the effort and dig. Uh, I've seen a lot of people experience amazing changes in their lives and uh, some freedom. And that's the word because to me – Saying that word freedom, I just leave it at that. I don't have to explain what kind of freedom that can be. Now, I will, you know, a lot of times, I, I'll have I, just about every time I've said freedom from shame and guilt, their eyes light up because, uh, you know, I understand that. And so, uh, honest encouragement. And like you said, man, I've had to learn something in the past few months about I used to believe it was a really good thing to be brutally honest with someone. I don't anymore. There's another way it can brutally honest in, you know, uh, just the word itself says it. if you're brutally honest, you're actually doing it with a sense of um, some sort of damage done to maybe punish or teach. And uh, there's too many things It's in a, in a way that I don't I believe uh, just honest and truth and, uh, you know, with a compassionate heart is a different story entirely. And that's something that I think uh, goes a lot farther than what I used to believe. Because, I mean, at first, when I first, I was like, yeah, I could be honest with people. I was dying to because I was still wanting to hurt people. And I didn't see that. And uh, once I examined that, man, that was a freedom for me, too. Because, see, there for a while, I think I was being brutally honest a few times. And, and then it would hurt me if I hurt their feelings. And I didn't know why. Because I thought, I'm doing my part. That wasn't it at all. Anyway, that's all I got. Well, D, we couldn't thank you enough for coming on here and sharing all this stuff, dude, man. Uh, extremely grateful for you. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, I'd like to hear what you would like to say to that. You know, maybe it's the newcomer. Maybe it's the person that's scared to death about doing steps four and five. Or, you know, maybe it's somebody that's been here for a while that's struggling. You know, what is your message to that person? Oh, man, uh, I would have to just keep it simple on that. I'd say you didn't come to the rooms because your life was going great. Uh, I'm sure you know what the word pain means in your life. And uh, in my life, in my experience, like I said, the word freedom, um, freedom from a lot of pain. And uh, there is hope, you know, but uh, keep coming back and put in that work. That's all I got. All right, buddy. Well, I thank you and I thank Chase. Uh, you know, and we love you, dude, and look forward to seeing you soon. And you know, love you guys. Yeah. So for everybody out there, we hope and keep our fingers crossed. Not that Chase didn't do a good job, but hopefully Travis will be back on here with us uh, next week. And um, if not. We'll have the little wormy bastard back. I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Next week we roll on. Obviously, believe it or not, what comes after five is six. I couldn't believe that, but getting into uh, the big boys. Yeah. Now. Let me take some notes here. here. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Please calculate that and make sure my math <laughs> yeah. is out of five. Yeah, I think, yeah. But anyway, so we'll have Kevin E. from who now resides in Oklahoma talking Ooh. about um, step six. So we look forward to getting Kevin on here, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for joining us on our Living Clean podcast. This is another platform that we can share our message of recovery, which is an addict, any addict, can stop using drugs, lose a desire to use, and find a new way to live. Join that no matter what club. You can contact us through text. The number is 931-306-9364.